What's up, peeps? I know you guys see this on the screen here. Foundation equals stability. And I understand that you guys are wondering, what does this mean? Well, look, folks, we're going to take a look at the offensive and the defensive lines that Sark inherited here once he got here in the spring of 2021, coming fresh off of that championship win with Alabama um, in 2020. So the season 2020, the game is played in 21. Sark takes over in 21. And just seeing the talent that this team had on the offensive line and on the defensive line that were left from the two previous staffs. But folks, prior to that, uh, if you like this channel, if you like what you're listening to, if you like what you're seeing, hey, like, comment, and subscribe to this channel. Um, share it to all your friends. Also, if you're listening to this on the streaming podcast platform, like, comment, and subscribe to that as well, and share on all of your platforms. But folks, let's go ahead and get into this, man. We're going to talk about just the offensive line, the defensive line, the guys that Sark had, the guys that Sark inherited, right? Sark inherited um, a team where uh, the offensive line was uh, it. It wasn't the most stacked room, you know. And I think the most stacked room here on this campus was probably wide receiver. We had a bunch of wide receivers and a bunch of tight ends here on this team once Sark arrived, um, and not a lot of offensive line talent. You know, I've made this uh, this statement previously, you know, about two years ago, and I said that you know just doing all of the of the research here on the Texas team. The five years prior to Steve Sarkeesian coming in and being the coach here at the University of Texas. Texas was dead last in recruiting, getting commitments from offensive linemen out of any team in the Big 12. They were tied dead last with Kansas. OK, folks, I think that was 18 commitments, which was tied dead last with Kansas. I think the the first team was OU. I think with 26 or 25, somewhere around there. And I think Baylor also. Baylor had about 24 or so. But at the time, uh, that was Matt Rule who was doing all that. Uh, he had stacked all that talent there for those years, and they ended up going to the Big 12 Championship, I think, in Dave Miranda's first year. They ended up winning it or second year. And then, of course, OU, they've always stacked you know a ton of talent on the lines, and we've seen what that's done for them here over the past decade. Uh, but Texas didn't. Uh, Texas had very good, I mean, outstanding recruiting classes here at Texas. And it did nothing for us because our recruiting talent, our five-star guys, our, you know, our high four-star guys were all skill positions, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, cornerbacks. Uh, but when it came to the trenches, especially on the offensive side of the ball, we didn't have a lot of no kidding war daddies on that side of the ball. And I think Steve Sarkeesian looked at that and he addressed that very soon and very quickly once he got here to Texas. Like I said, 18 recruits coming in for the five years prior to Steve Sarkeesian coming in. And in Sark's first two years, he brings in 12 offensive linemen recruits. And we're seeing the fruits of that labor here as uh, as Texas has just won the Big 12 here on Saturday and also punched their ticket to the college football playoffs on Sunday. We're seeing all up and down that line, the talent uh, that that Sark has brought in. You're seeing a a Kelvin Banks Jr. You're seeing a DJ Campbell. You're seeing Cole Hudson come in and play um, and be great at what he does too as well. We're seeing Connor Robinson come in as a backup center. We're seeing Cam Williams that he's had to come in and start a couple games while Christian Jones was out. We're seeing the development of previous guys that were on uh, Herman's staff, um, you know, Herman's guys, which a guy like Hayden Connor, uh, you know, a guy like 
uh, Christian Jones, even though Hayden Connor was never coached by Sark. Oh, I'm sorry, was never coached by Herman. If you know, uh, I think Sark's first year was Hayden's first year, if I'm not mistaken. But Christian Jones was a guy who was here and and coached by Herman and Sark and Flood come and get the best out of Christian Jones. Christian Jones is going to be a draft pick, folks. He's already accepted his invite to the Senior Bowl. When you go to that senior bowl, folks, that's where all the teams are going to be there to evaluate you and to interview you and to see you up and close and see you on your one-on-ones. And uh, those guys get drafted. And that's a true testament uh, to Coach Sark, to Coach Flood, but also to Christian Jones uh, to be able to be coached and do great things as well. But, folks, I just want to take a look at the roster and just show you guys how important and why it is so important for for a coaching staff to bring in as many high quality offensive linemen as possible because it's not only going to um you know bring in outstanding kids with good character and guys that are high fi- you know four-star guys and five-star guys uh, but the lifeline of your team folks is in those trenches it's on the defensive line and it's on the offensive line so i will caveat this with saying on the defensive line folks uh, the the previous staffs didn't do a bad job at recruiting defensive line talent. I will say that, but we're going to focus on both the defensive line and the offensive line, and we're going to do uh, just a little uh, preview of the things that we have in store here for the next coming years and do a review of what we had here for the past three years. But prior to us getting into that, folks, let's take a, a small break and listen to our first sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Go to Manscaped.com. Get yourselves 20% off and free worldwide shipping using the promo code Nino's Corner. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. They just released their Lawnmower 4.0 fourth-generation trimmer. Go to Manscaped.com. Get yourselves 20% off and free worldwide shipping using the promo code Nino's Corner. All right, folks, we're back, man. And as we go through this roster, we are going to – well, first off, this is this is the 2021 roster. So this is Sark's first season here, and this is showing the guys here that were on campus in 2021, the roster that he had to deal with once he got here to the University of Texas. And we're going to scroll down first to the offensive linemen because I want to go and show you guys just exactly what was on this campus and what Sark has had to deal with over his first couple of years while trying to get – the adequate talent level that Texas needs. So let's scroll down to the 50s. The 50s are the offensive linemen, right? Seen some blast from the past. You can look at Marcus Washington and the Moochie Dixon and you know Ovia Gofu. We're getting to that here for the uh for the D-line as well. But let's go ahead and go down to the 50s. Offensive linemen. All right, offensive linemen, we're seeing uh Jake Majors, you know, so look, folks, I'm only going to look at the scholarship guys, okay? So Jake Majors, 6'3", 310 pounds. He was a redshirt freshman in 2021. Uh, so this was, uh, you know, his year to start here for Sark. And we, we've all known that Jake Majors has basically started here uh, from day one with with Sarkeesian and Flood as the starting, you know, the uh, starting center here at Texas. So there you go right there. Topi Amadi, Topi, 6'6", 361-pound guy. Now, I tell you what, Topi was coming on to his own in that in those last six games of the season i think topi actually started here in those last six games of his senior year i would have loved to see uh you know topi have time extra time with cal flood because we started to see the maturation process with him real quick you know topi's a smart guy too as well he picks up things very quick you can tell 
the coaching that he got from Flood was instrumental in just his quick turnaround. I would have loved to see him a good two or three year span with this coaching staff. And you got a guy that that size, 6'6", 360, kind of guys that Cal Flood loves. I'm telling you, man, this is a guy I think missed out on the opportunity to have guys like Flood in his back pocket to help him be the best player that he could be. Next guy, folks, is, is uh, Kurt Stetter. He's no longer with the team. He left, right? He he played a few games, um, and then he he bounced. I think he went to uh, – I forgot, was it U of H or Sam Houston? One of them. But he's no longer at Texas, so he's gone. Andre Carrick, he played a little bit. He's gone. We primarily used him as um, our – our jumbo tight end uh, last year um, in the in the uh, Big 12 package, right? And so you know he was our jumbo tight end as the second tight end once we came in and 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 look, uh, he's gone. He's at Tennessee right now. I think Andre Carrick is the starting left guard at Tennessee, but he didn't get a chance to see the field at at, at Texas. So you're looking at two scholarship guys here: Derek Kerstetter, Andre Carrick, no longer with the team. Okay. Um, Christian Jones. I just talked about Christian Jones at 6'6", 314. I think his freshman year, Christian Jones actually started off at the left tackle position, ended up moving over to right tackle. Once we got in Kelvin Banks Jr., Christian Jones has been an outstanding plus player at Texas uh, since since Cal Flood and team have been here. So Jones is one. Logan Parr, he's gone. He He's at SMU right now. Tyler Johnson, he's gone as well. This was a five-star guy. He's gone for whatever reason. He just never panned out. Um, Hufkin, he's gone as well. He's no longer with the team. Uh, yeah, uh, Germay, he is gone. And I thought that we were going to see something with him. Uh, he was the backup center as well, um, but he's gone. I don't know where he's at, but he's not on the team anymore. Junior Anglau, he is at Oregon right now. He's gone, you know, uh, so he's no longer with the team. He had a um, a crazy ankle injury, um, which which caused him to miss the entire season uh, last year, and he ended up transferring to Oregon. So he's gone. Hayden Connor, Hayden Connor, a true freshman. This was Sark's, you know, his his first class here, trying to keep that class together. We've seen Hayden Connor coming here, and he started uh, last year and also this year as well. One of the best pass blocking guards here uh, in the Big Twelve. Uh, really good. Uh, uh, prospect when he came in and he has developed himself into a really good player here in Texas. Like I said, starting for two seasons here. So Hayden Connor's still here starting left guard. Jalen Garth, he's gone as well. He's transferred. Uh, you know, so Denzel Okafor, he was a senior. Um, so he graduated and he is gone. And Max Merrill, he was a scholarship guy as well. He didn't play at all. Right. And so you're looking at all these offensive linemen that texas had and we're going to count all you know all of these scholarship guys max meredith one denzel okafor two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen thirteen scholarship guys here on campus at texas for sark's first year 13 13 folks um and to be honest with you, out of those 13, you're talking about guys that got reps. Jake Majors, that's one. Topi got some reps, that's two. Kurt Stetter, that's three. Andre Carrick, four. Christian Jones, five. Junior Angelau, when he was healthy, six. Hayden Connor, seven. All right? That was it. Oh, and Okafor, eight. So those were our top eight. All right? 
And so the guys who have left here are not NFL prospects. They're not. Denzel Okafor, I think he had a cup of coffee, maybe. Yeah, you know, and there's Max Merrill. He didn't play either. So Max Merrill's gone after this year. Um, Okafor, I, I think he went to training camp with the Jaguars, but he's no longer with the team. Jalen Garf, he's gone. Hayden Connor has a has a shot to go to the league as well. I don't think Angela does just from you know injuries and things of that nature, but you know, don't know. We shall see. Germay, no. Hufkin, no. Um, I think Hufkin actually medically retired, if I'm not mistaken. Tyler Johnson, no. Logan Parr, no. Christian Jones, yes. He's going to go to the league. Uh, Andre Carrick, probably not. Kerstetter, not. Uh, Topi's graduated. And Jake Majors, maybe. All right? So that's that's the team. That's who Texas had uh, in, in 2021 at offensive line. So once we're talking about the trenches and just the trench work, um, Sark had it pretty difficult when it comes to the offensive lineman here at, at Texas once he first got here. Now, of course, we understand what he has done um, to build up that offensive line. And you know what? I'm going to deviate and I'm going to go to 2023 and we're going to look at the uh, offensive line here for 2023. And we're just going to see how much different this is across the board for the University of Texas and just how far Sark has come when it when it actually deals with this team in the trenches. So, folks, I'm going to go down. Let's take a look. Let's go back down to the 50s. And, folks, you're going to see a lot of talent here in this team when it comes to the lines for what Sark has done, bringing in 12 players in two years. And you're going to see those 12 players plus some more. Look here, folks. Number 52, DJ Campbell, sophomore, five-star, highest-rated guy in our 2022 class. Um, he's our starting right guard. He's going to the league, folks. Okay. He, you know, so he's a scholarship guy. Cole Hudson, scholarship guy. Also, high four-star offensive lineman. Split, he split time. He actually started all last year at right guard. Him and Campbell have had a dog fight for that position this year. I think Cole Hudson came in. I think he. He was hurt, you know, a tad, so he didn't get a chance to, you know, to actually start this year. But Campbell started. Uh, Cole Hudson is probably one of the most versatile guys we have here in this team. He has a great shot of going to the league as well. He's a guy that can play both guard positions. He's been uh, uh, having reps also at the center position as well, being a big guy at 6'5", 318 pounds or so. But he's a guy that's took, he's taken a lot of snaps as a true freshman last year and this year backing up and playing that that uh, swing player that can play guard, tackle, center, whatever you need him, Cole Hudson's there. Next guy we're going to talk about, folks, is Big Ken Williams at 6'5", 370, 369. He's going to the league, folks. Ken Williams is going to the league. He came in and played some ball here behind uh, Christian Jones. And once Christian Jones got hurt for a couple games, Ken Williams came up and played outstanding, one of the highest rated run blocking guys for that game that he started. He's going to be a plus player, and I can't wait to see what he does next year at right tackle. So if we go down, Sawyer Goran Welch, folks, he's a scholarship guy. Interesting story. He started off on the defensive side of the ball. So him playing defense, we needed numbers on offense. That's kind of where we were, folks. We needed numbers on offense. And so it looks like he made the decision and, and, uh, and swapped over to offense, and he was our second or third string center last year. Right. So that tells you just how devoid of bodies we had on the offensive line. But that has gotten much better. Connor Robinson, backup center, came in against Oklahoma, uh, played really well. 
you got to love what you see from Connor Robinson being the guy who can possibly come in and play next year um, once Jake Majors leaves, if it's this year or next year. Okay, scholarship guys, Jake Majors. Jake Majors, there he is. Uh, just look here, man. He is Mr. Reliable, uh, knows all the calls, great player. You got to love what you're seeing from Jake Majors as well. Like I said, a great shot of going to the NFL as well. Christian Jones, we just talked about Christian Jones, 6'6", 321, senior. He's going to the league this year, folks. Invite to the senior bowl. Oh, yeah, yeah, invite to the senior bowl. He's going to the league, folks. Now, we're getting to our younger guys. True freshman, Peyton Kirkland, 6'6", 350, four-star guy from Florida, folks. He's sitting in the, in the wings waiting to play. He's letting his body mature. See, this is when you start to get that competitive depth. You got a guy like him. You got a guy like Neto. Neto at 6'4", 311, folks, who was also a high four-star guy that was between us and Baylor where he was going to go and a bunch of other teams. But you got him as well. Neto is a guy who is uh, – he's probably going to be in competition for that left guard position next year. Him and Hayden Connor are probably going to dogfight that out. Neto's nasty, folks. He's nasty. Max Merrill, he graduated, if I'm not mistaken. He's a grad – yeah, he's a – he walked on senior night, I think, so he's going to be gone next year, probably grad transferring. Trevor Goosby, this, this staff is high on Trevor Goosby. A 6'7 kid, uh, 285 pounds. He's a true freshman. It's a guy that's sitting, waiting. Um, so you, he's letting his body mature. That's what you want from a, a true freshman offensive lineman. I actually interviewed Trevor. Good, good kid, man. I, I, I love the interview that me and him did together. Another guy. We're going to talk about is Jaden Chapman. He's another guy that I interviewed. He's a he's a plus player as well, coming out of Harker Heights High School in Harker Heights, Texas. He's a true freshman sitting, waiting his turn. Both these guys, Goosby and Jaden Chapman, these guys were wanted by a ton of teams, folks, a ton of teams in the country. Previous Texas staffs, we would have to play these guys soon and play them early because we just didn't have the depth. We had the depth where we can let these guys cook. They're going to cook and do damn well, especially when it's time for us to go to the SEC. Hayden Connor, hey, Mr. Reliable, great shot at going to the NFL also. Starting left guard for a couple years straight. Hayden is a dude. You got to love if you're seeing one of the highest rated uh, guards here in the Big 12 when it comes to pass blocking. Hayden Connor, he, he's a dude, plus player. Andre Kojo, another guy that I interviewed here. True freshman. You're seeing the size there, folks, 6'6", 355. He's a he's a big guy. He's a freshman that's waiting his turn as well. We're not relying on these guys who have to come in and play. We're letting them get their bodies right for college football. Let the game slow down for them. Andre Kojo is sitting, waiting in the wings. Kelvin Banks Jr., he's the big man on campus, right? Uh, starting left tackle since he was a true freshman. Everybody ain't like Kelvin Banks Jr., folks. I don't even think Kelvin Banks Jr. was an early enrollee. I think he came in in the summer, and he took that left tackle job by storm and was one of the calming factors on that offensive line his true freshman uh, year. Uh, all Big 12 performer, freshman All-American. Kelvin Banks is going to be a top 10 pick in next year's draft, folks. Straight talent. This is what this staff is doing when it comes to bringing people in. And Connor Stroh, I interviewed Connor Stroh as well. Like I like to call him, I am uh, the president of the Connor Stroh fan club. One of my favorite freshmen too as well. 6'7", 364, another guy who's letting his body mature. He's getting some seasoning behind the scenes right now, folks. And you're seeing guys like this, Connor Stroh and the Kojos and the Chapmans and the Goosbys and the Peyton Kirklands. These guys are waiting their time. And I didn't even talk about Malik Agbo. 
who is also an offensive lineman. He was a lot bigger coming out of high school, but now we have Agbo as our uh, Big 12 uh, jumbo tight end when they come in that Big 12 package. And he comes in and, and he blocks his butt off, man. And it's another way to assure that we get these talented offensive linemen on the field as soon as possible when we can. So those are the offensive linemen, folks. We're going to pivot and go to the defensive line from 2021 and contrast that with 2023 as well. Uh, but folks, first, let's go into our second sponsor and we'll get straight over to this it. This episode is brought to you by BetUS.com. Go to BetUS.com and get yourselves a 125% sign-up bonus using the promo code Nino's Corner at BetUS.com. Folks, go download that BetUS.com app from your favorite Apple phone or Android phone and get yourselves a 125% sign-up bonus using the promo code Nino's Corner. All right, folks, we are back. Look, I'm going to concentrate here on the defensive uh, line, right? So we're going to look at the interior linemen and also the edges. Um, and so this is a this is the 2021 roster here. Uh, so the first guy I want to talk about for edge is going to be Jacoby Jones, right? So uh, he was a good player here at Texas. He got hurt, if I'm not mistaken, you know, in that 21 season, and things just kind of went downhill on that line. He was a very reliable player, and as good as Jacoby Jones was, he just wasn't an NFL player, but a good solid player here at Texas. Um, but a lot different than what we have here on the roster now. But Jones was a, I mean, a, a good plus player, folks. Uh, but you have Jones. Let's go look at some of the other players. I'm going to scroll down. You had Ben Davis. He came in from Alabama. He was a five-star guy coming to high school, but he didn't play much at Alabama, and he didn't play much here at Texas as well. Um, so he was a grad transfer. We were we were just throwing uh, names at the board, folks, to see if anything would stick. We needed players. We got what we could and what we thought we could get. Uh, next one, folks, is Ovia Gofu. He came from Notre Dame. Um, and, you know, Ovia Gofu, I think people were expecting a lot more from him, maybe as a pass rusher. We just didn't see that actually translate to the field. Uh, I think Ovi did a year or two here. Now he's in LSU. Uh, and so he is back with his, with his previous coach, uh, you know, Brian Kelly. Uh, but this – we have upgraded at the edge position, and we'll talk about that later once we get to the 2023 class. Well, the roster, I'm sorry. All right, let's go to look at more edges and more interior offensive linemen. Uh, so DJ Harris, he's no longer with the team. So he transferred out as well, four-star guy. But, you know, look, he transferred. I think he had a knee injury his, his, uh, his freshman year. But after his second year here, he transferred, so he's no longer with the team either. Uh, so let's scroll down. Vernon Broughton, redshirt freshman in 2021. This is a guy that this is the prime example of why it's good to have development. Um, Vernon Broughton being developed here by Bo Davis. Man, Vernon Broughton is a plus player now. Many people would have thought in those first couple of years that uh, was he just not who we thought he was? And people, you got to understand. A guy like Vernon Broughton, everybody wanted Vernon Broughton. Alabama's, uh, every SEC school wanted him. He had his pick of the letter to go to any school he wanted to go to. Came in Texas. And the first few years, uh, you can tell, like, pad level wasn't the best. Uh, but all that's coachable. Those are coachable moments. He gets the right coaching staff in here and Bo Davis. They work with him and the other guys here in this roster that we're going to talk about. And you see that Vernon Broughton is a – Hell of a player, and he's playing outstanding. He pops off on the film. 
you know, me and guys like Jay Bass and Nash, we uh were constantly texting each other behind the scenes during the games. I'm like, did you see Vernon Broughton today? Like, oh my God. Like he, dude, he's he's a plus player. He's a, a definite plus player now. But this was early in his in his tenure here at Texas. Um, and we're finally starting to get it, but that's from the development and also just a pure talent from him, but the development to get the best out of him. Ray Thornton is another guy that we were throwing people at edge. We needed edges. Uh, Ray came here for a year, um, you know, from LSU. And, you know, he was a, he was a decent player, but not an NFL caliber player, folks. Now, if we keep going down, uh, I want to look at, yeah, so David, David Abriara, if not mistaken, David is at SMU right now. So he's not here. He transferred after his first year. Okay. So it just goes to show you what we brought in here on campus and what's still here. We talked about the offensive line earlier, and you guys are probably sad from hearing all the names that were gone. Um, Edge, Baron Sorrell, freshman. So this is one of the guys that Sark had to maintain in this roster, right? Um, Sark and Bo Davis. Baron Sorrell is a plus player. This is a guy that started last year and started this year. Baron Sorrell's an NFL player, folks. He, he's an NFL player. The evaluation, um, I don't know if it was Tom Herman's staff or if it was Sarkeesian staff that got Baron Sorrell here, um, but plus player. Plus player coming out of New Orleans, Louisiana, man. Plus player. He's going to play in the league. He's good. <laughs> I like Baron Sorrell a lot. Um, this team doesn't have, like, when you look at the 2023 roster, which we will, those pass rushers really aren't, I'm not going to say just like eye popping off the page, like since a guy like, um, you know, Joseph Asai, but Baron Sorrell's that guy. He's good. He is going to be a, a player at the next level. Byron Murphy, true freshman. It's another guy that the staff had to assure that they kept on the roster here. Byron Murphy, man, uh, yeah, he's going to the league this year. <laughs> it's another guy that accepted his invite to the uh, to the Senior Bowl, um, and he's a guy that that's a plus player as well. Him and, him and Sweat uh, just – just guys that have been the two best uh, DTs here in the country, especially as a tandem. But Byron Murphy's a dog. He's a dog. I've been singing his praises for years now. So sorry, Goran Welch. Uh, we were so deprived on the offensive line in, in his second year that he moved over to offensive line. Uh, Myron Warren, he's he's no longer with the team. Uh, Sweat, we know big Sweat, man. He, he was a little smaller back then at 335. He's 362 now. Uh, Sweat and Murphy. Two hidden gems. Not to say hidden gems. Both these guys were three stars. Two gems that this previous staff left um, over for Sark, and we're seeing that these two might be the best two uh, tackles here in the country. But man, Tavondre Sweat at three sixty two now. It's amazing. He was he was thirty pounds lighter than him. It's just two years ago, but possibly a first round draft pick. All right, Alfred Collins, five star guy, sophomore that year, um, five star talent as well. A guy that has that has opportunity to either come back and maybe do what Byron Murphy and Sweat did this year and just kind of be a war daddy, or he has the measurables and the and, and the speed and the, and the quickness and the length where he could probably go and get drafted this year. Um, but I would love to see Collins back. Um, Ojimo, great talent. He's in the league. He got drafted by the Eagles. Coburn in the league got drafted by the Chiefs. So that kind of shows you uh, just the. The talent that was left on the defensive line when Sark got here was not bad. They just had to be developed. You get, you know, uh, Oborn, I mean, not no Oborn, uh, uh, Ojimo and Coborn, they're, um, they had a, 
a down year per se as 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 Sarkin and were entering and when their last year here you saw them explode they became extreme plus players here at Texas and both of them get drafted uh you know both of them were high four-star kids coming out of high school uh but look the cupboard wasn't bare on the defensive line side of the house for Texas once Sark got here on the offensive line yes uh but now even as as good as that defensive line was Right. And you're seeing the guys that got drafted, Ojimo and Coburn. You're seeing Sweat's going to get drafted. You're seeing Murphy's going to get drafted. Baron Sorrell was a freshman that year. He's going to be a guy that's that uh that should be drafted as well. You're seeing that's what's that five or six guys on that line that will get drafted and be playing in the league from that 2021 class. Now, look, I'm going to supplement that and we're going to talk about the defensive line here for the 2023 roster. Justice Finkley. Man, plus player, definite plus player. You got to love justice, man. He's a dog. He is a dog. You're seeing that he, he, uh, justice doesn't start, uh, but he's the guy that comes in off the bench behind Finkley and behind, oh, no, I said behind Finkley, behind Ethan Burke and also behind um, uh, Baron Sorrell. Uh, Finkley, you can put him anywhere. You can put him left, right. Sometimes they put him, you know, up the middle with two hands on his, you know, you know, um, um, on the ground. Finkley can ball, man. If this is the guy that you got coming in behind uh, Burke and Baron Sorrell, you're doing pretty damn good in this team. And he can go and start for a lot of teams in the country. But Justice Finkley is a plus player. And this is one of your backups. Uh, Justice Finkley, in, in, you, know, you know, in 2021 would have probably been starting you know, at his skill level here. Uh, so it, it it shows you that we are not only building our starters to be great, but we're, we're going to have backups that have no kidding true shots to go to the league, folks. Um, let's take a look. More edges and more defensive linemen. Look at all these, all these DBs and wide receivers. Okay, Jamon Tapp. How four-star guy coming out of Louisiana, out of, um, what's it? Yeah, Ascension Catholic High School, 6'3", 266 guy. You got to love Jamon Tapp. He's a guy that, look, he's been maturing in the background. Redshirt freshman next year, he'll be a redshirt sophomore. That means he's three years in the program. He's going to have a, a a hell of a year next year. I I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that, a, a great, quick first step. Um, but, look, you're seeing just he's your depth. This is your death, folks. He's a guy that doesn't even play much. He is your death this year. Next year, you're going to see him play quite a bit. Let's go down, you know, see some more edges, folks. Uh, look, man, it's so Billy Walton III. He's a three-star guy coming out of South Oak Cliff. He's deaf too as well, uh, 6'3", 225. But if you hear all the reports when you go to all the all the sites, Billy Walton's been flashing. He's your deaf too as well. He hasn't played much, if, if any, at all this year. But he's a true freshman. This is a guy that – you're going to continue to build, and you're going to see at 225 now in two years, she's going to be 245 and a monster. All right, let's look at some more. Okay, so defensive lineman. Defensive lineman Vernon Broughton. We know about Vernon Broughton. We talked about that. This is this guy. He's going to come back next year and probably be starting there in the middle. Um, and he's uh, he's a plus player this year, uh, but in 2024 season, he's definitely going to be a definite plus player. Edge, Akana. He's got to gain some weight. You know, he's he's 209 right now. You can see Akana possibly getting up to 225, 230, and just bringing a lot of pressure from that edge. So he's your def. He's a five-star guy too as well. These are guys that aren't playing. We would have to in 2021, folks, he would have to play. 
he would have to play because he's a five-star guy and we needed talent. You know, he's a guy that now can wait in the wings and not have to worry about playing, just get his body right and be the best player that he can, either if it's next year or in 2025. More players here from the edge in the defensive line. Defensive line, Aaron Bryant, a guy from Mississippi, redshirt freshman. This is a guy I think that is going to be a sleeper. He's also high three-star, low four-star talent out of Mississippi, but he's a guy that was wanted by pretty much every SEC team in the country. And I'm telling you what, folks, this is a guy that's going to be no kidding depth here in his team that is going to do great things as well next year. You didn't have to count on him this year. He's two years into the program, and he, he didn't have to see the field yet, uh, which, which, which tells you – how this how this staff feels about who they have in front, and also they understand that they got to trust and know that this a guy like Aaron Bryant is going to be able to be developed and be a guy that can play next year. So just keep going down. Uh, defensive linemen. Let's see some more defensive linemen. Come on, y'all. Where y'all at? Uh, Let's look at scholarship. So Barron's real. Look, he's an edge. I already talked about Barron enough. Barron's going to get drafted. Byron Murphy, he's going to get drafted, folks. Okay. Um, edges, Ethan Burke, Austin Westlake, Colton Vasek, Austin Westlake. These guys are going to be monsters. Ethan Burke's already proven to be a definite plus player. He's a draftable player. Has to limp at 6'6", 257. Colton Vasek, he is a guy that it says 6'5", 242, 245 range. He's just, he's just waiting his, his time, and he's going to be able to play next year. He's, you know, 6'5", 255 next year um, with a full year of seasoning. I'm telling you, man, these are guys like Burke is starting, but Vasek is waiting. He is in the in the queue waiting to come and play next year and getting his bite. We are not rushing players like we had to because we have the competitive depth now. That is what this team has done on the line. Jerry Bledsoe, another guy, interior defensive lineman. Um, he's a little undersized for the interior, but he plays all over the field. Very good, quick first step. Look, Bledsoe can ball, folks. He's another guy that we, we haven't had to rely to play this year. He's another guy that next year is going to be his third year here on campus, a redshirt sophomore. And this is when you start to see those, those big bodies really start to form, get the strength up, get in shape the way that Bo Davis and the team wants them. And Bledsoe is going to be one of those guys, folks. Alfred Collins, does he come back for another year? I hope so, man. I I, I hope so. We need Alfred Collins next year. I hope he comes back. I hope he takes note of what Sweat did and what, uh, you know, honestly, if he takes – Q of what Sweat did. Sweat made himself a lot of money this year. I think Alfred Collins has that opportunity to do the exact same thing next year. And Zach Swanson, he's one of those guys you always forget. Zach Swanson, you know, coming out of Arizona, um, but he is competitive death. A four-star guy coming out of, you know, Arizona. We haven't seen him play much here, uh, but he's also a redshirt freshman. Um, but look, when you got, you know, the – competitive advantage here at Texas is having guys like this to be waiting in the wanes and wanting to play. Uh, so yeah, you, you gotta love what you're seeing. If you have a guy like that, who hasn't played now, Troy Carter transferred from Minnesota, uh, you know, six to 300 pounds. We're seeing him flash so far this year too. He's been hurt as well, you know? So he, he he's looking good now, Troy Carter. And then you got guys like big Sadir Mitchell, man, coming from New Jersey, six, six, three We saw him play in the um, big 12 championship game as well. This is a guy that hasn't played much this year. So he's waiting also. He's a guy that can probably come in and hopefully fill that void over the next couple of years when sweat leaves because he's the one that has the size and probably has the temperament to do the same thing. 
Uh, so folks, that is just a comparison of what we had in 2021 and also in 2023 uh, for the defensive line. All right, folks, so we have taken a look at the Texas offensive line and the Texas defensive line and just seeing what Sark has had um, here as a foundation here for this team. Now, when you look at the Texas team on the offense and the defensive side of the ball, the offensive and the defensive line is what is going to catapult your team to do great things. Uh, Texas has, has, has used that to do great things here for this, for this team this year for sure. Last year, we saw the makings of it. We saw the light starting to actually flip on for a couple guys. And especially for the offensive line, we saw Kevin Banks Jr. coming as a freshman and Cole Hudson and him and DJ Campbell were fighting it out last year. And Hayden Connor, he was a new starter last year. And Christian Jones moving to a new position. And they were starting to figure it out. Jake Majors being like the steady calm there. But this year they figured it out. The offensive line figured it out. And when that foundation is straight, it's, it's like a house, folks. Uh, if you have a nice level foundation, you put those bricks on that foundation and a, and a, and a tornado comes through, that house ain't moving. Them bricks ain't moving, folks. You know, if your house is not built on a great foundation, let's say it's a mobile home or a manufactured home, and it's not on, it's not on any kind of slab foundation. It's just sitting up above ground. Well, look, when a storm comes, a big tornado comes, a hurricane comes, your house is gone because your foundation is weak. And that's the same thing when it comes to a football team. If you don't have a great foundation for the offensive line, your your offense is going to be weak. It's going to be weak. Because you get all the five-star talent at quarterback and at running back and at wide receiver. And when you have that and you couple that with a great offensive line, it gives those talented players the opportunity to let their talent shine because they have the time to process things. Uh, They're five stars and high four stars for a reason. They're special. They are special. And you cannot um, access your your special trait if you're under duress 24-7. And you have no time to throw the ball and you have no line to run behind. Right. Uh, that's why it's very impressive to see this offensive line and how this running game has matured this entire season. Uh, when Brooks went down, I think Longhorn Nation was a little bit scared to, you know, to see exactly what was going to happen with the running game uh, due to our offensive line being very, very uh, uh, much better than it was last year. Much improved. We've been able to put pretty much anybody we want back there. And they've been doing great things. C.J. Baxter, hell of a job. Jaden Blue, hell of a job. All right. We've seen Savion Red and Trey Wisner now and Keelan Robinson. These guys are all running behind that same offensive line because they have matured together. They got a little bit of that season in them now. They are good. All right. So that's what you want when it comes to an offensive line. Your foundation of your offense is your offensive line. And conversely, folks, on your foundation for your defense is your defensive line. Jalen Ford is a great player. He's a drafted player. He's one of the best linebackers in the country. All-American last year. Should have been Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year last year. Jalen Ford looks really good because he is damn good. But a good defensive line, really a great defensive line, especially on the interior, helps him out immensely too as well. Uh, So having a defensive line of a Sweat and a Murphy and Baron Sorrell, and Ethan Burke, Alfred Collins, Vernon Broughton, Jamon Tapp, Finkley. Those guys are in the rotation doing their thing. It helps a ton with not only the linebackers, but the secondary as well. When you're able to get pressure on the quarterback from your defensive line, it allows 
our secondary to be able to jump a ball, maybe because the quarterback has to get it out that much quicker, right? Or they just take the sack. But it helps out our secondary, helps out our linebacker. It is just outstanding to see how much that this that that this that this defensive line has matured here at Texas. But folks, that is the foundation of our defense too, is that defensive line. So we got the offensive line, we got the defensive line. Both of them have been outstanding here for this team this year. By far, for the majority of the season, they have been the most physical lines in the game, whether it's against Alabama, whether it's against Oklahoma State, Kansas State. The only game where I think we got a little out physical was the Oklahoma game. I will give that. But but for the, but for the most part, the majority of the season, this Texas offensive and defensive lines have been the most physical line whenever they stack up against anybody. But folks, let me know what you think about this content, man. Just talking about the offensive line, talking about the defensive line, the uh, foundation equals stability. Um, and I say that because, folks, guess what? We're going to the SEC next year. And I think we're going to be just fine because you know why? Our offensive lines are just fine. Our defensive line is just fine. And that's going to be able to have us, uh, I wouldn't say a smooth transition to the SEC because it's going to be tough. But we're going to be able to be stable. Um, if Quinn comes back, we're going to have a seasoned quarterback. And we're seeing exactly what this team has in its uh, running backs and its wide receivers. Um, hopefully get some more in the portal, but that's a whole other video. But folks, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm in this podcast like in all of them. Do you? Don't be afraid to fail. I'll grow your environment. Understand your brilliance. Uh, and I, yeah, <laughs> don't be afraid to fail. Uh, do you? Don't be afraid to fail. I go your environment. Understand your brilliance, man. How did I screw it up today? It's been a long day, folks. On that note, man, horns always up. Hook them all day long. Peace. Deuces.